What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find about good single player games to play and also the games you should definitely have on your radar and have in your wish list, if not, you know, just already in your backlog. The, this episode is already catered to both of those things because we are talking about a game that has just come out that you should definitely, definitely check out. But, you know, we're going to dive into that game in a little bit. Before I do, though, if you're watching on video, you already know I have some special guests with me today. And that is Evan and John, the creators and developers from My Friendly Neighborhood. <laughs> Guys, how you doing today? Pretty good. I'm all right. Thanks for asking. How are you doing, Sebastian? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So for the people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. Um, we are uh, two brothers, uh, brothers of the uh, possibly known uh, Dusk Dev, David. Um, we've been doing game development. Uh, well, I've been doing it since I was 14. When would you say that you started doing game development, Evan? Um, roughly around the start of my friendly neighborhood's development. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Johnny's been doing game development a long time. Uh, I have been involved in many other different creative fields. I was a graphic designer for many years before working on this project. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, this is sort of a new area for me, but it's very much his wheelhouse. So, John, I know you said you've been doing this since um, you were 14. Give uh, me a little idea. How old are you now? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 27. Right now. Okay, so, about, so about long time. Years. <laughs> it's long been a <laughs> Yeah, I sort of could read the context that you've been doing this for a while. I was just wondering how long exactly, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, not nearly as long as some other people, but I've, I've had my fair shares of the in and outs, yeah. No, man, that's that's amazing. So, you know, for the people who um, like, let's break the, the ice a little bit. So let's give everyone a taste of the personalities outside of your extensive gaming development history. And I want to ask the icebreaker question that I usually ask all my first time guests. And that is, you know, if Kirby absorbed you, what kind of powers would he get? Evan, I want to start with you first. Uh, yeah, so I think if Kirby were to absorb me, uh, he would probably get sort of writing or filmmaking powers because uh, those were sort of the fields that I was in uh, and did a lot of uh, study in before before jumping on this whole adventure. So yeah, I, I kind of imagine Kirby would probably pull out a little, like an old uh, fountain pen and maybe sort of like a, a clapboard. Uh, like a, a camera clapboard is what I mean. Yeah. Am I actually answer the question for Evan? Yeah, go ahead. What, yeah, oh, so you unadulterated belligerence. Is what I love it. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that because that's not really like, it's not really how you want to introduce yourself to people. <laughs> what is, like does it. that would look like visually? I feel like Kirby would just get a little bit irritated. Like, you know, the eyes would just slant down a well, little bit. Yeah, it would be like tremendous <laughs> anime eyebrows for, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Evan, it seems like you were given the very PR type of answer, you know, like the very office place type answer, what Kirby would yeah. be like for you. And then John, your brother, <laughs> is just like, nah, this is how he really is. <laughs> well, I think this is how Evan is in the streets. I like, think this to is be Kirby. fair, then I need to answer for Johnny once he gives whatever stupid answer yeah. he's going to give. That I think that's reasonable. fair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. I suppose that means it's, it's my turn to answer. Oh, that. Yes, sir. I, okay. I think this is a little difficult. Um, I tend to be that that sort of person that gets like lightly involved in a lot of things, but maybe not like too in depth with any one thing in particular. Um, but outside of these the sphere of game development, I would say probably my my uh, most recognizable trait would be kind of like business, uh, working the system, you know, you know, that's that sort of side of things. You're talking a little bit about like the strategic side, kind of like business strategy, Sebastian, you know, uh, mm -hmm. something similar to that. I don't know what he would look like. Maybe he'd look like a, like he'd have a little suit. Kirby <laughs> wearing a tie, you know? Kirby wearing a toupee. Why not? A toupee. I love that. Yeah. But, so Evan, what, what would John's Kirby really be like? 
So you know how we all have that one friend who's like really annoyingly into coffee? And he just sort of shows like every time, no matter what you're talking about, it always has to come back to coffee and they have to tell you about this stupid dark roast or whatever and how it has such a great mouth texture or like who even wants to know about what's going on in the mouths of those people? I don't know. Um, but that that would be that would be what Kirby would turn into because that is Johnny. Um, and it would it would probably be Kirby holding a coffee cup. Okay. This is objectively false. I don't drink coffee, like, at all. That like, I does a... not stop you from <laughs> talking about <laughs> I I know the theory behind coffee, but I don't drink coffee. Why would Kirby be holding a coffee cup if he does not intend to indulge in the coffee cup? So you're saying Kirby is holding an empty coffee cup. That's what you're saying. I don't hold an empty coffee cup and just like waggle it in your face and be like, look at all of the coffee facts. Then have I ever done that to you? Not with an empty coffee cup. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love this. You know what this tells me is like, you know, like this is this like solidifies something I always knew is true. It's like no one is as as big of a critic as your harshest critic, like your sibling. Like my sister is always <laughs> no, on me. So like true. 100%. Yeah. 100%. They always have your back, but they're they're damn sure going to be your harshest critic. Day, you know? mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So, guys, I, um, I want to segue a little bit and talk about the topic of the show. And that's my friendly neighborhood, a game that is. I, I experienced it at PAX, you know, with a small sample size, and this game has stayed on my mind like it's paying rent up there. So, like, I, I really want to, like, talk about this because I think this is a special one that people need to know about. And that's kind of the reason why I reached out and was like, man, I, I need to get them on the show. Like, I need to talk about this game with them. So thank you all for being here. But before we begin, I want, I want you all to kind of, in your own words, tell everyone, what is My Friendly Neighborhood? Yeah, um, we we like to think of it as a uh, not not uh, a light, but kind of a, an approachable version of survival horror, uh, if you want to look at it that way. So um, it's something that somebody uh, who hasn't necessarily had a lot of time in survival horror can can walk up to and have a good time. But it's got the a bit of depth with the inventory management and the uh the exploration and the backtracking and things along those lines and maybe with a bit of a humorous edge on it as well you know yeah for sure for sure evan what how would you describe this game uh yeah i think that's pretty pretty on point uh i think it's also worth emphasizing that uh obviously the the conceit of the game is that we're we're taking puppets and making them into horror characters um but from the beginning it was important for us to sort of like not ruin those characters for any children who might come across the game so we've really striven to make it so that it still is tense and there are moments of unsettlingness and there are some deep and uh concerning themes that uh kind of swim to the surface once in a while but it's not uh it's not violent at all you're not like dismembering the puppets uh it's very much something that wants to respect that legacy and not uh cause you know not ruin that for anybody yeah uh, so like w- like how would you describe the gameplay uh, i know like this is very almost like you know i, I when i was talking um i think during my like press meeting at pax east i kind of described it a little bit of like far cry-esque as far as like the way the like though it's almost like first person action uh like action combats like the way it controls but it has like that puppet horror kind of like uh vibes that you were describing like how would y'all describe the the combat and the gameplay far cry-esque is a very interesting uh parallel i've not actually heard that one although i i don't necessarily think that that's off base in any way i i would maybe liken it a little bit more closely to uh um well okay going back to that strategic thing right Mm -hmm. um there's a bit of there's a bit of a need to have some some strategic elements inside of the inside of the comp and so um uh you know think about things maybe more like original survival horror games from the ps1 era you know a lot of that was was very like 
uh, thought out and and you know you, you want to go from room to room and make sure that you're taking the correct actions and if you mess up then it, it takes resources away from it you know those are a lot of uh, the same sort of general ideas that we're going for um, but then maybe put on a little bit of a spin uh, obviously being related to David you know we've got uh, a background in FPS development and, and games and stuff so put a bit of a spin on um, uh, with with weapon handling uh, on more action-oriented FPSs and then marry those two things together and I would say that that's pretty close of uh, where the gameplay ends up being it, it's almost like a methodical way of of going through FPS combat if you want to think of it like that I love that I love that um one of the things that really stood out to me when I was um, briefly playing the game is like, like you said, like the way you kind of have to strategically use your your resources available. But it's also like the fact that I'm not normally a horror centric gamer. Like I'm scared of pretty much everything horror centric. Like I'm I'm one of those guys who embarrassingly enough like jumped at the movie Zootopia. Like <laughs> when he came to the theaters, like at what, hold on. At what point during Zootopia <laughs> did you jump? Okay, okay, so like um there was like a part when they were in like the jungle-esque environment and like there there was a part where i believe they were looking for what was his name a uh, mr otter i okay. believe was the character yeah. and like there was um i think mr otter was like like perched up this was after he became like um basically like animalized and such like that when yeah. he wasn't anthropomorphic but like he was like perched up in there and like he like he jumped down and such like that and and it kind of like took um did it get you yeah, it got me. Yeah, I, go I jumped in the theater and everything. Like, and apparently this this episode was so traumatizing for you that this is like the the first example that jumps into your head, even years and years later. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is, like, I remember being on a date at the time, and I was just uh -oh. like, man, that's the impression. Uh, okay. That was really the impression because I'm like, it's hard. It's, it's hard to act ma machismo and like macho after that. Like after that, the, all the, <laughs> you know, like I think it's hard to that? act machismo when you're in a theater that's showing Zootopia in that the is, first that's place. Very, that is very true. That's a good point. Oh, the question is, point. was there a second date, Sebastian? Yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. Oh, okay. Just yeah. saying. Uh, it, you know, it, I think it was just because I think, like, for the rest of the movie, she laughed. Like, she laughed until <laughs> the movie ended after that point. And, <laughs> and it was just, like, looking at me. And, like, every time she looked at me again, she laughed. Like, so much. <laughs> This is hard laugh, man. Like to this day, I'm like, I I can't think of like, I can't look at a, like a cartoon fox or a, or a mouse or like a, a bunny and not think of that. And I'm like, without feeling shivers of fear, without that And it's even worse because like every time I think about like uh, like elements of horror that probably I probably shouldn't be as afraid of of like as afraid of as I am. Then I always go back to like, yeah, that's the Zootopia moment for me. Like, I I shouldn't have been afraid of Zootopia. Like, <laughs> in any form or fashion, should I have been afraid of a Disney movie? But yeah, that was that was basically one of my markers of shame. <laughs> so it's a foundational experience. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. So I want to let's take it back to my friendly neighborhood. Let's talk about the inspiration behind the game. Like, what inspired y'all to create this this type of game? I suppose that that bounces back to me. Um, well, uh, maybe not surprising. I, I have a, a a large love for survival horror, so especially traditional survival horror. Kind of felt like there was a bit of a lack of, again, the approachable survival horror angle, especially um, when you look at more modern uh, first-person survival horror games and. Um, how, how they kind of in some ways they they sacrifice some of like the rough edges um which is not a bad uh i think that that makes it um that makes it approachable in one direction but then uh you know what what would you do to make a survival horror game that had those rough edges but was still also approachable in its own way and so it's like well you know part of the part of the way you can do that is by having uh, a cast of characters that are going to be uh, appealing in some sort of way. Part of the way that you can do that is kind of um, embrace those rough edges and kind of incorporate them very deliberately into the design. Um, uh, just as a side note, on it, as an example, um, you know, it's tough to determine how easily it's going to be uh, it's going to be to knock down an enemy in the original Resident Evil. 
um, that's kind of a rough edge. Some, I think a lot of people would consider that to be um, maybe uh, difficult to get around. Uh, I think it's a great thing. I think it increases tension. Um, so one thing that I did is I, I wanted to make sure that enemies were uh, a little bit unpredictable in how much damage they were going to take. Uh, but then also, you know, you kind of have to balance that out a little bit. You've got your rough edge, but you need the accessible part, you know? So I, I instead of making it so you have to be just standing in place, you can kind of move around a little bit. You can aim uh, more readily. That's where the FPS stuff comes in. Um, so striking that balance was really important. Um, having uh, have a, a cast of characters that people were going to want to interact with was important to me to try to get that accessibility across. And, uh, the concept for the project just kind of developed off of those uh, few core ideas. And so what was the, the moment that you knew the puppet type vibe? That's the winner, right? Yeah. Um, so surprisingly, it wasn't just based off of, you know, like children's programming. What really sold me on the idea was uh, the fact that um, puppets can be floppy. And, and I was thinking about like, you know, yeah, I want something that's going to maybe carry a little bit of like delight along with it and how you can have these puppets that, that can like flop back and forth and you can have them like, you know, ragdoll into the air. And that just kind of makes sense because they're puppets. Like if some, well, what if they clip into the wall? It's fine, they're a puppet, you know? It's, it's, it's still gonna keep that same sort of vibe going because they're by nature a little bit gangly and goofy and, and all of that. Um, and once I started thinking about like the the minutia of what puppets in survival horror would really look like, it just seemed like a very obvious direction to go. I mean, there are, you can even make them move slowly, you know, like it, it works with all of those microcosms of design because like it makes sense for a puppet to not be like running at you. They're made of felt and, and, and stuffing, you know, they can't walk that fast. It just makes sense, you know. I love that. I love that. So one of the like, I want to ask you, what's your favorite like feature of about this game? Because like, when I was initially playing the the game, how very briefly that I actually played it, like my favorite feature was the the duct tape mechanic, like the fact that you can like defeat an enemy, and even though the enemy revives over time, you can actually wrap them in a duct tape to keep them down. Like yeah. I love that feature. So what's some what's one of your favorite features of the game? Uh, I'll pass that over to Evan because I've I've taken up a lot of talking space. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite feature is probably the colored shape keys that we have. So in true survival horror tradition, uh, we've got progression gated off with a set of themed keys that you get. And because we're based on children's programming, our theme is sort of like colorful shapes. So the first one you get is the blue circle key, last one you get is the purple pentagon key um and as a graphic designer i just find that sort of uh that sort of set very appealing but i i also find it really interesting as a level designer and an environmental designer because that means that you can have uh areas in a level that you've already gone through that you can't access until later on in the game and every time you get one of those keys it's sort of like a landmark moment in your playthrough it's like you you'll always remember that emotionally um you'll say oh, i just got the red diamond key that means i can do xyz and go back and do these things so that always excites me um yeah in terms of gameplay as well so i'd say that those are my favorite favorite mechanic that's really cool john what about you you know that's going to be a difficult question for me to answer. Um, I, so I was responsible for a lot of the mechanical design. So, you know, a lot of the features were something that I really wanted to add. Um, and it, uh, I only kind of added things that I really wanted to be in the game. If I was to try to choose a favorite, though, I think that it might be the flip. So you can, you can press the right mouse button and it'll flip any gun that's in your hand. Um, and it's a really small, there <laughs> goes the phlegm in the throat. Wow. It's a really small thing, but it gives you something to do when you're not doing anything else. Um, and I think that that's just really important because there are times where you're just walking through a room and it takes a couple seconds 
and if you have a button to push that's satisfying and and gives you something um that's a little bit delightful i really think it improves the experience in a in a non-tangible way pretty dramatically you know and there's a little bit of a secret to do with the flip too right there is yes <laughs> yeah if you uh if you uh, flip your gun on the last bullet of the stenographer and fire right as right as your character is about to grab it, it'll do like eight times damage. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Just a little thing. It's it's good for speed running. That's that's about it. Or or if you know it, it's really it's like really good for hard difficulties. But I mean, it's not like an integral mechanic or anything like that. It's just a secret. That's really cool. It's a good way to master the game. I, I love that. Um. Speaking of speedrunning, like, have you seen a lot of uh, speedrunners play this game yet? Yeah, I was the world record holder for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of speedrunning, um, so I I've tried to make sure that like there's a lot of tools inside of the game for people to uh, to work with. Actually, I think the leaderboards for the full game just launched today, um, so I'm really excited oh. to see what kind of runs people uh, people put together. There's some very large exploits that i know of that uh were kind of left in deliberately just for the speedrunners. so i i'm excited to see them grab onto those that's really cool so how long do you think it'll be before your record gets broken oh oh my record was broken long time ago people have like halved the the record from the demo wow <laughs> so what was it like the first time you saw your record being broken i was like yeah that's inevitable my record sucks <laughs> 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 man i feel you i feel you so yeah. like the game had just come out what like it's come out to a very warm reception what is it like being what is it like for you evan specifically like putting out this game especially this uh, this is your first game right i uh, guess it is um, yeah what what's that been like for you uh i feel dead inside uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, I mean, the unglamorous reality of launching a game is that leading up to launch, there's a a prolonged period of intense work. And by the time you actually get to launch day, you really, you don't want to think about the game anymore. It's like, it's like having to eat strawberries, strawberries and cream after eating strawberries and creams for a month. It's like, it makes you sick. You don't want to think about it. Um, you just want to sleep. So, so that's my current experience is that I just kind of want to sleep a lot. Uh, but I am also really glad that it has had such a warm reception and people seem to be enjoying it. Um, I'm sure that uh, once we have a chance to get all the, all the pieces put back together and sort of settle in life, that'll be very rewarding to look back on. John, I know you've been doing this for a little while, but what is it like um, putting this game out? Like, what after such a warm reception? What how'd you how'd you feel afterwards? Well, there certainly is a different sort of feeling uh, for this game in particular because uh, this one had um, a, a, an active fan base that was looking forward to the game being released. Uh, that's not necessarily been the case for my other projects, you know. Um, and part of that is because I put out a demo much earlier. Um, so that, you know, we could kind of ramp up. And part of that is because people have very graciously allowed it to be, you know, something that they're uh, willing to let fester in their head uh, and, and you know, uh, really be excited for. Um, and we're very grateful for that, of course. Um, it's, I think, it, in a way, it almost taps into this feeling of, um, like, you look forward towards something for a very long time and you know regardless of what happens with it it will never really be for better or for worse it will never really be how you think it will be at the end of it project is very much like that you know you have a vision for it uh, at the beginning and then by the, the time you get to the end the project is not like that vision almost at all you know things have to change a lot to make because that vision is not a perfect representation of what that product needs to be and you are to be a good the project person to be able to accomplish it either yeah 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 so you know you get to the end of a project and you look you look back and you look at like what you originally wanted it to be like um, you look at how you had to change it you look at you know all of the small idiosyncratic mistakes you made over time and it's hard to not just feel like, wow, that was just really big. And I don't, I don't know what to do about it <laughs> in, my, in my emotions. I was just a big, long journey that I went on. 
and it just had a lot of twists and turns. I mean, I got married the same day that this project started. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, there's a massive emotional attachment to this particular project. And so looking back on it and it kind of finally being out there, there's just no real description that can come from that, neither in a good sense or a bad sense. It's just a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, you know? And kind yeah. of along with that, like, especially on such a massive project like this, there comes there comes a point where you just can't see it anymore for yourself. Like, it's just this like this enormous mountain that's in front of you and you can just see a tiny bit of the rock and you just have to sort of trust that as you're working on this bit of the rock, the entire mountain is coming together. Um, and so you release it and it's like, what exactly did we just release? Not entirely sure. Um, <laughs> so it is nice, you know, to see the warm reception and see people saying, yeah, we are enjoying this. So it's like, okay, good. <laughs> this wasn't, this wasn't a disaster. <laughs> Man, that's so, that's such a cool feeling um, and experience. Man, I, I really want to ask y'all, like, how'd y'all celebrate after the game came out? Did y'all celebrate yet? No. 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 How are y'all? What are y'all gonna do? Y'all gotta like commemorate this somehow, right? I believe uh, I, in a couple weeks' time we are going to be eating a cake that is shaped like Norman's head. <laughs> I think that's that's as far as the planning goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. No vacation wife, or anything. My wife has very kindly kind of taken the reins on making sure that Evan and I do have a chance to celebrate the release along with like our friends and family and things along people along those lines not things along those lines how very dehumanizing (laughs) um heads rocks strollers cats in the room that are sleeping uh yeah that'll be i think that'll be very rewarding but it's um it's hard to to look to that space when we're still in the space of you know we launched a project we're trying to make sure that the project gets all the patches it needs we're trying to make sure the project gets all the attention it needs you know that's where we're at right now i got you i got you i would be remiss in if i don't ask this because like i know this game is available right now at steam and then i know like as soon as people hear this episode they always you know like if i don't ask it they always hit me up with this question is this game available for this uh, like is it playable on the steam deck have y'all tested it out yes we have tested it it is definitely playable okay. that said it's not verified Okay. Um, we don't have a way of asking asking Steam to verify it, um, so it's up to Steam's discretion as to wa- whether they want to verify it. I also have some some reports that uh, there might be a certain layer of Proton that that needs to be used for the intro cutscene to play. Uh, I don't own a Steam Deck, I can't verify that, but I do uh, I do know that many people have played through the entire game on Steam Deck and have said it's it's completely playable. Okay. So, in fact, I hear that it runs really well. I don't think it dips below 45 FPS ever in the game, which oh. is that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. So, people would play through the whole entire game. Um, can you give us a rough rough estimate on how long it would take to actually play through the entire game? Yeah. Um. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh no, you can. I mean, I'm I'm just blabbering over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say it's about five and a half to six hours for most people. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of content that you can engage with afterwards it, depending on whether you want to do that it can either be that like that five to six hour experience or it can be like a 15 hour experience um it just depends yeah. on additional on difficulty levels challenges things like that cheats secrets yeah. um uh, side content uh like other rooms and stuff that aren't necessary to beating the game you know those sort of things you know? yeah for sure for sure so I really want to ask y'all uh, one last question about the game, and that is, in your own words, give everyone one final pitch on why they should be playing My Friendly Neighborhood. Ooh, do you want to take that one, Evan? Uh, you should be playing My Friendly Neighborhood because it is the most solidly designed and most well-written mascot horror game that has ever been released. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Came with the fire. Man. I like sales. Um, I uh, I would say that to say that is the maximal 
masked <laughs> horror game ever is uh, probably incredibly insulting to all the other excellent masked horror games that exist. Nah, I'm with Evan, man. Talk your fire, hey, man. I, Talk oh, your fire. I don't have I my like camera it. on. They can't find me. <laughs> I will say that we have put a lot of passion and a lot of, of thought into every single part of the game that we can. If it if it interacts with you on on a level and you find that delight that we find in the in in survival horror and in goofiness and in in parts of tension uh, i think that that you'll really enjoy and if not no worries there's a lot of other games out there that that will suit suit your fancy i love it i love it so guys we have three last segments of the show and i promise you i won't take up too much of your time but like my my next question before we get started with our the first of the three is are you ready because it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show where we asked our esteemed guests count it five five different questions based on five different random categories and if they get it correct they will enter in our pro nerd hall of fame if you if you've been a listener of the show for a very long time, you already know that we only have one entry, one entry in the Hall of Fame so far, and that's Cam Hawkins. You know, shout out to Cam. But, like, guys, I have a good feeling about this. Y'all are going to put your heads together as a combined unit and make it into you the Hall of Fame. You should not be having you a good not. feeling about this. <laughs> there's a reason I asked if there's a reward if you get them right. <laughs> I have a good feeling. We'll see how you're going to do. But, guys... <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, yeah, sure. Do All right. It. Come right, on. Let's do this. Let's do this. We got this. All right. So our first question is in the realm of Pokemon. Pokemon. And it is Generation 1. Okay. How familiar are y'all with um, Pokemon, by the way? Very. Pretty. Okay. Okay. So this is starting off strong, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So in Generation 1, which Pokemon is the evolved state of magmite magnemite i was like i don't think magmite magnemite my bad my bad magneton magneton both of y'all answer that with some confidence i love it i absolutely love it okay so here we go with the next question it is in the realm of playstation playstation trivia Uh okay y'all y'all been a playstation gamer for a very long time no i I own a PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> <Does> that count? <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully it's the a good generation of PlayStation that'll be relevant to the question, but I think it counts. I think it counts. All right, so. All right, here we go. Let's see. Main characters. Main characters. What in what game is there a main character named Mark Hammond? Mark Hammond. This is PlayStation trivia, everyone, and it is a real doozy of a question, if I do say so myself, because this one is the question. Let me repeat the question for all you people who didn't hear it. And in what game is there a main character named Mark Hammond? I'm going to guess Mark Hammond goes crazy, the movie, the game. I'm sorry, what what game is this? <laughs> you heard me. Mark, Mark Hammond <laughs> goes crazy. Go crazy. The movie, the game. The movie, the game. I love this. So there was a movie named after this man that they made uh-huh. a game of. Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. I am just sure. I'm just going to guess Uncharted. Oh, that's a good that's a good guess. Unfortunately, neither. <laughs> <laughs> The answer is the getaway. The getaway. Huh. Is that even a real game, or did you? Did you no, it's that? not a real game. No wonder nobody actually gets all <laughs> <Yeah>. these questions <laughs> right. Some of them are lies. The getaway. It was um, a PS2 game. A PS2 game. Is it, and by I, any chance, is it? Is it a? Is it a, a vehicular game? Let it is. Let's see. It is very much almost like a GTA clone. Is what okay, it looks like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's one of those. It kind of came out around the era where everyone was figuring out that GTA is kind of king at this sort of thing. But um, all right, so okay, so that was unfair. So that yeah. doesn't count. And now we yeah. go on to question two. Okay, I, I can, I can. Live. <laughs> you know, I can live with that. 
right, so that that was a little too obscure for my liking as well. But let let's try this then. I'll I'll do redo the spin here. All right, question number two, Harry Potter. Oh oh, we do get a question number two. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I like like that. I'm back yet. I like it. All right, all right. So Harry Potter. All right, so here we go. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm going to name most of Voldemort Horcruxes. You're going to tell me the missing one. Okay. Okay. So we have Tom Riddle's diary. We have Harry Potter himself. We have the the giant ring. Uh We have Hufflepuff's cup. Uh We have Slytherin's locket Uh and Ravenclaw's diadem. It's uh-huh. Nagini. It's Nagini. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. That is your category right there. <laughs> Heck yeah. Question number two answer. Yep. No Question number no 2.5. <laughs> no hesitation. No hesitation. Oh my goodness. I, I'm sorry for this gentleman because you officially got the second hardest category. The second oh. hardest category. Oh man. And that is the realm of middle earth it is lord of the rings okay oh, okay yeah it, this one has like a 16 percent like success rate yeah. this is does the this one. include questions from the cimmerillion no no just movies movies from okay well, okay, okay. It's a little better. That, that makes yeah. it better yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know like some of these are like i i i feel like you still need that to, to know yourself of this all right which character did sam Samwise eventually marry Rose Rose Cotton. He absolutely got it. No hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No hesitation. That wasn't even a hard one. That wasn't, that wasn't even a hard one. You know how many people would blink and just be shivering at that type of question? That's that's question. You're doing really well, gentlemen. I I'm going to read out the next question it is in nintendo nintendo all right so this one this one could be a little bit little bit tricky here all right so all right name oh this is unfair all right name (laughs) name each of the four guardians in breath of the wild oh oh Well, one of them was Donya. It's one Varadonya, or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's that's acceptable. Okay. (laughs) Um, that might be the only one I can give you. Daruk was one. Was not. Oh, Daruk was not a guardian. I'm confused. Daruk was the guy that you changed my profile pictures to because I told you that I did not like Daruk. Yes, yes, I did do that. I did this on my Switch. I had like four accounts on my Switch from like family members and friends and Evan went in and changed them all to Daruk. Um, and so nobody knew what their profiles were anymore so we just deleted all of them. Yeah, well, I mean, suffice to say, I don't think we're we're getting this question. I don't, I don't I, you know, I don't really like this question either. I'm looking at like, I'm am I hearing answers. a new question? I think three. we are. I'm still, <laughs> I think you are. Let's refresh and see what we get here. I feel like at... we are working this system to the. <laughs> I think you are, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm like, I can't. It's one of those things where I don't know either of these guardians. So when I'm looking at like, when I'm looking at their like the like answers that they provide and such like that i'm like that doesn't seem fair because like they have one here that's like guardian scout and i'm like there's Gar- scouts guardians wait what oh yeah. like the four different species of guardian of the enemy oh. yeah oh. So i'm like i don't feel like that and i don't feel like the way the question was asked correctly like correctly and accurately depicts what the, what they're actually like giving you in the answer. So I'm like, yeah. See, I was thinking that they're they're meaning the divine beasts. Yeah, but yeah. I guess mm. looking back, it would have made more sense if they had said like, what are the four divine beast names? You know. Yeah. So I'm gonna refresh this. Let's let's see if we can get a better better answer here or better I question. Mean, I'm cool with cheating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, 
you know, let's see. Uh, I don't think it gets any easier here. Um, but here we go. Which was Nintendo's second three-dimensional game and was the very first game to use polygonal graphics? Uh, which was that? Nintendo's second three-dimensional game and Are was the counting? very first game to use polygonal... What'd you say? Uh, are we counting mode seven as three dimensional? Because that would change my answer. Ooh. What was your answer? Not <laughs> see. Well, would be if we're counting mode seven, it would be Star Fox. Yeah, that was gonna be mine too. Yeah. Okay. We'll lock it in because that is absolutely the right answer. Star Fox is the right answer there. Heck yeah. Actually, you know what? Um I think that that would actually technically be their third th three-dimensional game because, what was, what was the other because both Mario Kart and F-Zero used Mode 7. Oh. So I wonder what else they're thinking of that would be three-dimensional before that. Hmm. Anyway, Star Fox is obviously going to be the answer because yeah. it was the first one that used poly polygonal graphics. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah. so... We are down to the fifth and final question. You can possibly be a be in the Hall of Fame. This is exhilarating. Absolutely. Do you think it would be fair? I to think so. Add us to the Hall of Fame, <laughs> since we have such a stained reputation. I, I think so because, like, I don't think it's your fault that the questions turned out to be sucky. I don't. I actually don't think it's your fault. I don't think it's your fault, but like, I am gonna leave Destiny in your own hands. Do you want yep. category A or category B? B, C. Okay, we're going with B here. <laughs> we're gonna go with B. Unfortunately, that is our hardest, absolutely hardest category. It is Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is on you. This is a goner. Okay. <laughs> Who did Data serve as Father of the Bride for? Who did the character Data serve as Father of the Bride for? You you can do that, Evan. No, I can't. Think of think of all of the female characters in the next generation, and which one do you think would have a subplot about getting married? I, didn't I mean, know Data at, was at next various generation. points, it's basically any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, huh. I I don't know. I couldn't say. Um, just give, give, give an answer because that is statistically more probable to be correct than not answering at all. Um, the the, the woman counselor. What's her name? Um, I can't even think of it. Hmm. Counselor. It has a V in it. Vanessa? No, it's not Vanessa. Vashti? <laughs> no, it's not Vashti. Huh. Counselor Start Troy. Through. That's her name. Counselor Troy. That's going to be my guess. Okay. Okay. That is a very good, very good guess, but unfortunately it's incorrect. The answer was Kiko. Kiko. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're, That's a Star gonna, Trek character. I wasn't going to get that. I cool. Your guess is good. I have... I've only seen like three Star Trek movies, the, the latest, the latest ones. I am beyond relieved because I did not want to be in the Hall of Fame after working the system. <laughs> That's the system. system. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. So, Road Not Taken, you would have gotten Star Wars instead. Okay. Call it category. It would have been marginally better. Not for the final question, but I'm just curious. What would have the, what would have the question have been? Oh, okay. All right. So, in Star Wars... Which character was the owner of Anakin Skywalker in episode one? It was w Wano. Wano. Yeah. Yep, that would have been huh. absolutely correct. Okay, then we would have had controversy on our hands. Yeah, so let's for just sure. all sure. be thankful that we did not choose option A. I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, John and Evan, let's move on to our next segment. And you did really well, by the way. I want to shut you all out. If it wasn't for like the controversial questions that you were gotten, I think y'all would have absolutely mowed this thing down. <laughs> if it were for all the questions you got wrong, you would have died. <laughs> you would have died, Garry. All right. So, so guys, guys, my, the, uh, you know, semi-final segment of the show i want to ask y'all basically can you give the audience a video game recommendation outside of my friendly neighbor which got which games do you think these guys should check out 
I mean, absolutely. Uh, narrowing it down to one is maybe more than a trick. Absolutely absurd. Yes, I know, but that's that's the challenge here. Okay, you... okay. I think the game that I would first think of is the most underplayed is Hypnospace Outlaw. Hypnospace. Do you think that's underplayed? I think Hypnospace Outlaw is wildly underplayed for how. Yeah. You're saying that everyone in the world should play Hypnospace Outlaw. Yes, minus a couple, just for you know personal reasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm down with this. I, you know, I've never actually played this, so I, it's going on my radar right now. Yeah, it's, it's super good. Yeah. This is fun. This looks just pure fun. I like this. Evan, do you have a, a recommendation for the people today? Yeah, I'm going to do a real, real obscure one uh, okay. inspired by Hypnospace Outlaw. So developer of that game, Jay Tholen, he's got a buddy named Harrison Lemke, who also released a game called Boots Quest, Boots Quest DX. Boots and Quest DX. it is just a quirky, weird little thing. I love it. Yeah. So if you, if you like strange, strange jokes about old obscure things uh harrison is up your alley so you should go check it out okay this seems really cool this seems really cool um he says not meaning it at all no i'm looking at the trailer i'm like this seems really cool you know i this is very like up my alley i could you know if this is like a six to eight hour game i'm all for it how long is Boots Quest, Evan? Oh, I I don't think it's even that long. Oh yeah, I'm down for it. Then less than eight, let's go. Okay, there's your homework, Sebastian. Try yeah. it and see if it's up your alley. Because if yeah, not, just... then we can come back and be like, yes, it was not up Sebastian's alley. <laughs> I think that's yeah. that's. I think it's a good direction to go in, yeah. guys. You know, our final segment of the show is, you know, where can people go buy this game and where can people can people find y'all? Yeah, uh, well you. Go ahead. Yeah. You can buy the game on Steam. It's also on Itch. That is uh, false. It's not on Itch. I thought it was on Itch. <laughs> no, the demo's not on Itch. Well, you can go play the demo on Itch. Um, okay. But you have to buy the full game on Steam. Um, yes. We are, for, for full disclosure, we are planning on putting on other platforms, including consoles. We're just trying to make sure that we've got the PC port uh, nice and dusted before we do that. Okay, okay. So yeah, everyone, in the meanwhile, you can go play this game on Steam and, you know, definitely go definitely go check this out. It's absolutely amazing. They said it does play on Steam Deck, not verified, but does play pretty well on Steam Deck. And, you know, definitely go check that out. You can also play the demo on Steam and on Itch. So check that out as well. You know, do y'all have any other social platforms y'all would like to shout out before we go? Uh, yeah, generally, um, uh, my Twitter discord are good places for mfn news i also post uh irregularly but uh mfn related content over on my youtube channel um some devlogs and trailers and and random other content such as that uh, what's your handle all... johnny oh it depends on the platform <laughs> on twitter it is at ducky shamansky and if you can spell it you get the reward of being able to follow <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, on YouTube, it is Ducky Dev, and on Discord, it is a random symbol, uh, a random assortment of symbols and numbers, because uh, we don't have a verified server. So. Okay. okay. Uh, for me, uh, I do have a Twitter. It's at Evan J K Shemansky, so that's even harder to spell. But I'll just be upfront. I don't post, so I don't know why you would follow me. Um, <laughs> but it's there if you want the the little cred <laughs> such a glowing glowing reason <laughs> for the record i have a way of knowing whether i follow evan or not because i have not seen any of his posts on my timeline for about two years yeah i love i love it well y'all y'all have the brother connection y'all can just you know go see each other or text each other so there's that you know this is so they have to follow each other. yeah if we have to yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to. We yeah, often I mean, have to because of work. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. complete distance. Never ever mention that the other one exists. Except for when y'all eating cake together in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. 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 So, Evan, John, I want to thank y'all so much for being on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun. 
yeah, yeah it's been really fun to be here thanks for right. thanks for having us sebastian really appreciate it no man the pleasure has been all mine y'all y'all make me want to be a brave man and play more my friendly neighborhood and <laughs> and this will not be my another zootopia like mark on my ledger i'm going to play this i'm going to mow my way through this and i'm only going to jump maybe a couple times oh, under- hey hold up are you making the insinuation that you didn't finish zootopia Oh, I finished Zootopia. You were out of that theater as soon as that honor came on. (laughs) And your date was like, I'm going on a second date with that. (laughs) I I finished the movie. I finished the movie. Okay, so I finished the movie. I have not watched it since then, but I have finished the movie. Uh (laughs) I have finished the movie. I, you know, like, so y'all make me want to be braver, though. This is a very approachable um, horror-esque type of game, and I I do love everything that's going on with My Friendly Neighborhood. And, you know, this, the the length is perfect. The vibe is absolutely perfect. I love the the music. I absolutely love the the game mechanics and and the way you can either shoot or attack attack one of these puppets. So, yeah, this is right up my alley. You know, guys, I think y'all really did have a banger on your hands with this one. So, congrats on the game release and thank y'all again for being on the show yeah thanks a lot anytime anytime guys well everyone that's a wrap for this episode of the single player experience thank y'all so much for listening if you're watching on youtube hit that you know subscribe and follow if you if you do so happen to just like your boy if you are listening on podcast platforms around the world you know just go ahead and leave a review really helps me out makes me smile i really enjoy that but in the meanwhile i've been sebastian that's been john that's been evan and don't forget to go play My Friendly Neighborhood. In the meanwhile, this has been the single ex- player experience, and we're out. Bye, everyone. Peace. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to John and Evan Siminski for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!